Hello and a very warm welcome to episode six of Two Good Gardeners, which we're breaking from our normal format to bring you a show from the Chelsea Flower Show 2023. And I'm here on the Alatex stand with Julia. Julia has been working away really, really hard, helping to style and create this magnificent sand. How are you feeling today, Julia? Actually, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed today, Dan. <laughs> Had you asked me that question last week, I'm slightly on my knees, but not as much as Nelly, who has created most of this and worked so, so hard. And you've had some really good news, haven't you, just in the last few minutes? Yeah, so we've just heard that we've won Best Trade Stand, which is, I'm almost speechless, hard thing for me to say, but it's just incredible news. It's just, I'm so pleased that the OHS have appreciated all the hard work that's gone into everything here, because... Not much has been shipped in. Nelly has grown pretty much nearly all the plants from seed and it's so well deserved. So I'm thrilled. Yes, well, I'm lucky because I have got my front turned towards the garden and I can see just how much detail has gone into it. It's extraordinary, right down to your little seedlings growing in eggshells, water lilies, which I know that you fought with to get them ready for the show. So yeah. it looks brilliant and of course the stand is buzzing with people so tell us a little bit about the process how long has it taken to get to this exciting point okay good question dan it has taken a number of months i'm the phone call from nelly to me way back at the end of december and then thinking through a theme nelly wanted a growing your own potential using greenhouses to the best ability to grow your own produce raise your own flowers and I mean, she's learned a lot. She's thrown everything at her headquarters near Petersfield. And yeah, so really from end of December through to last week, where only just this weekend did everything get finished actually on Sunday. So quite close to the mark, but well, well worth it. And you said that uh, lots of things had been grown from seed. So have, has, have you had to do special things to get things ready for this point? <laughs> Well, I think it's been a huge learning curve, particularly with the spring that we have battled with, everybody's battled with. So, yeah, so Alatex have worked out they needed to bring grow lights in in March. And I think it's been good for them because uh, selling greenhouses is a completely different concept to actually growing them and then understanding how everything grows on a large scale because it's hard for you listening to know, but this is actually quite a big, sh it's called a trade stand, but it's actually very big. And it looks rather like a show garden. It, it, it is perfect. It takes a big space on a corner plot on Main Avenue. And there are raised beds, there are seating, there's tables, there's chairs, two greenhouses. One is enormous and bespoke and gorgeous. And then there's a smooth greenhouse, the Hidcote. And it, it, there are lots of things and spaces to fill and grow. So yeah, so it has been a huge learning curve, but all well worth it. No, you're right. It would easily be mistaken for a show garden, I think, because it has got um, a big bed at the front and lots of accessories. Just um, talk us through a little bit the sort of layout, because not everyone's going to get to visit the show. And it'd be really good to just understand how it's designed and how the greenhouses are positioned in the space. OK, so the bespoke greenhouse is a very large greenhouse. It's one of the largest ones that they would do. And it's positioned at the back of the stand. Um, you can enter it from the middle in like a kind of porch area and the side. There is an area that's partitioned off. If you want to maybe heat your greenhouse, you don't want to heat the whole space. That's been cleverly planned. And then in front of that big greenhouse is a bench with seating that you can sit outside, which is also fuck hotels, two stanchions either side. 
the whole team at Avatex built that, so everything was source on site. And then the other side of the greenhouse is a water, a water area, because it's very important if you want to um, grow in a sustainable way that you need to not just have places for the birds and bees to nest, but also we need water for them to feed and for another ecosystem to grow. And then in front of that is a beautiful cold frame and that's full of strawberries. And they're, they're looking very toxic. I'm amazed people cast this fly haven't helped themselves actually. Um, if I'm just checking down that you haven't got anything red down your top. <laughs> and then there's a huge raised bed beyond the cold frame, which spans the front of the stand. And that's packed full of rows of really gorgeous, perfect looking vegetables that many has grown from cold rabbi to fennel, to carrots, to asparagus pea, broad beans, in hot, it's incredible. And then beyond that, further to the left, is the Hidcut greenhouse, which is the smallest in their range, in a beautiful sage green colour. And that has two little beds at the front with um, one two, which are purple notch two, Shiraz, I think, and hops gloves, and then you can come walk all the way through that greenhouse. And out of the back beyond is a table chairs, which is where Dan and I are sitting. Yeah. And then a really lovely shed made up of salvaged items, corrugated iron, salvaged door, a little veranda area, which has got two tree trunks holding it up. And very importantly on top, four solar panels. And it's to crew that the little greenhouse, the Hitkert, can be off grid, which is a whole new area Anatex wants to explore. And is I think the way forward for a lot of people. So that's cool, so fascinating. And then they've got some trial um of us off each greenhouse, save the water. And under the veranda by the shed, we've got some mushrooms growing, which is a fun thing to do um, and not too difficult. And a bee brick is in the big greenhouse. I mean, I could go on down. I mean, it's all, as you can tell, I love it all. And uh, yeah, no, it, well, there was a lot to love here. And um, yes, those strawberries were very tempting. <laughs> but um, talk about some of the um, sustainable features that you helped to grow and develop because there's lots of little uh, Julia Parker touches, aren't there, around the show stand? I think you can tell that I've been in the small greenhouse, yes. Um, so a lot of you who know me and follow me will know that I love eggshells and reusing, repurposing pretty much anything I can get my hands on. So we've got preserving jars with spent coffee grounds and eggshells as a way of keeping slugs and snails off. I've got a preserving jar with corks, so saving all the corks from wine bottles and using them as cane toppers, which are in use in the beds outside, holding up tomatoes. And um, while pellets being reused, wooden seed trays, eggshell egg boxes being used as seed trays, and gosh, what else have I got? So much I can hardly think. I got an old piece of gutter that I've used as a seed tray with broken pots either end to help soil in a place. Um, what else is going on in there? Oh, slightly lost my train of thought. There's almost too much down. <laughs> That's all right. So I know that these stands take an awful lot of time to build, don't they? When did the actual process of building the stand start? So two weeks ago, so two weeks before the show, uh, before the weekend, before the show, everyone is announced on site to start building I mean, the excavation is incredible. And I think visitors who come to the show just either don't think about it or forget what has gone on to actually build a garden and a trade stand. So ground needs to be leveled, foundations need to go in, the greenhouses, 
the raised beds, it's not just a question of digging a raised bed. They've got to be seriously level for your vegetables or whatever you're planting to look near perfect when they're in position. Um, and then you've got the building of our shed, putting the corrugation on. You've got to bring it all in, which is also a logistic nightmare. So I came up on the Wednesday before, and the whole stand had been pretty much put together. Both the greenhouses were built, but the beds needed filling. There was still an awful lot of stuff that needed to be added to, tweak, the water feature wasn't in. Everything needs to be cleaned. Um, there are dumper trucks, there are top loaders, low loaders, there are bulldozers, there are trees going past. It's the most incredible busy highway that goes on right next to where you're trying to build your stand. And so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday were pretty much taken up with positioning plants and putting them in because it's all very well doing something. Often when you get here, you're, you change your mind or something doesn't look quite right or maybe the plant isn't good enough so you get rid of that one and think of something else. There's a little bit of begging and borrowing that goes on, some trades don't swap a little bit, and that's actually lovely. I think at one point I was on the scrounge of fairy washing up liquid from, I think it was the Mark Gregory show stand, to clean the floor in the little greenhouse. Everybody just pulls together and locks in. It is a great feeling, but it is busy and the days are very long. Yes, and this, of course, just the beginning. It's uh, Tuesday today as we sit here, isn't it? And there's uh, a few 12-hour days ahead of the team here at Alatex. And so just all in all, quite exhausting. I think it's interesting you talk about, you know, people don't realise lots of things about the technicalities of setting up for the show, but the soil is sort of non-existent here. It's sort of because it's been ploughed up so many times in the past. It's just not really usable for anything, is it? No, I mean, you think of a raised bed here, you would imagine someone has dug a, a hole and measures a square and it's full of soil. It's filled as rubble and it's rock quite hard. We've had pickaxes, yeah. we've had to buy in, dump a loads of soil. They have a huge, great soil bank down by the bullring entrance. And you just ring up the RHS, a coordinator, and the dumper truck arrives about five minutes later. So it's sleeves up, shovels in, removing soil. I mean, it's an incredibly well-oiled system here. I mean, hats off to the RHS. I mean, no, they've been doing it for years. But for me, who's pretty much an outsider coming and seeing how it's built, it's remarkable how well it works. Yes, I really didn't, I didn't know that. And that's really interesting. But also, um, I was just talking to one of the people with the show stand in the pavilion and they were explaining that actually quite a lot of that is set up for them in advance so they give the specifications of how they want their how high they want their bench to be and what edges they want and that that's all there ready for them when they come which i didn't know that that was um that was done and i've heard there's refrigeration and all sorts of things behind the scenes so people can keep their flowers cool for the cut flower arrangements so it's what goes on behind the scenes is absolutely staggering, isn't it? It's just amazing. But the other thing, the other thing I noticed is that talking about the floor marquees, I kept sneaking in to see all these lovely installations. And so even Friday, at about six o'clock in the evening, there were so many people that still hadn't arrived. Nothing had been set. Well, then I was thinking, we've got. I think trade stands judged Sunday, Monday. We've got one day to build, bring it in. And then somebody else I spoke to, so mushroom people, they'd set up this lovely great circular area of moss and I think they're building mushrooms on top. Boxes have come in in the night and literally turfed up off their moss. So it's all the other things whose boxes live here the rest of the year. I mean, it's their home. 
And, you know, I guess somebody's forgotten or maybe they don't think about shutting the marquee sides. It's incredible, everything that goes on around here. Yes, and I suppose for the plants in the marquee, some good ventilation is probably quite useful, so they probably don't want to shut the sides up too much mm. and, uh, and let things actually breathe a little bit. Yeah, but exactly. But, you know, wildlife move back in. <laughs> <laughs> so now you've had time to sort of step back and absorb it all a little bit, have you got any real highlights of this stand, you know, bits that you feel proudest of or most excited about? Most excited about Alatex winning trade stand. I think that is it's such a kudos for that and for them. And it's an appreciation of all the hard work for the whole team behind Nelly and HQ. Everybody pulls together. Yeah. But I think the highlights, honestly, I love it all, but I think it's the neat rows of veggies. I think they're my highlight. They make me very happy. And <laughs> <laughs> Yes, a neat row of veggies is always very pleasing to the eye, isn't it? However much it's... You know, you you like to sort of mix everything up. It's still very nice when they're in a neat row. I I kind of like that too. So we have both been out and beyond this stand, haven't we, to see what else is going on at the show today. What's what do you make of it all? Well, it has such a buzz. I mean, it's not just the bees buzzing and the birds parakeets tweeting above. It's it's really packed today. So that's been a surprise. I came in early. I know Dan, you came in early too. Yeah. Already films of people looking at the show gardens. Um and so that's been a surprise. But it's got such a great vibe. It really has. Um and other than maybe being not enough coffee bands, because that's very important the first thing in the morning and I don't want to queue for my coffee. Um, it, it's been good. I think the container and balcony gardens have been beautifully put together this year. Have you had a chance to go and look at those yet? Yes, I have. Yes. I, yes, they're good. And they're in a new location as well, aren't they? Yes, I feel they're easier. I think sometimes they're overlooked and I think they're easier to find. Um, the trade stands, a lot of the usual people are back and that's a fun and that's great. A few inspirational things. And the show gardens... Um, yeah, I think I haven't been able to see all of them and get close to all of them. My favourite is definitely the Sarah Pierce Gardener. Um, it, it's just the bearded irises on that show garden are absolutely beautiful. The colours, it's like, I can't even think of the colours to describe. It's like a kind of taupey, mauvey, beigey. I don't, they just blend in with this most beautiful sort of putty coloured wall behind and the aeonium is coming up in... Spots. I mean, hopefully you would have all seen it on the on the television because they're featuring the show gardens every night. It's absolutely beautiful. It's a nod to, to the artist Cedric Morris. It's absolutely beautiful. Yes, I mean that that garden was the one I made a beeline for this morning because, as you know, I love a flower. But um, there is a there's a, a real sense of variety, I think, in the show gardens this year, isn't there? That you feel like you've almost travelled the world. So I think that one very Mediterranean but yes. there are other ones inspired by the tropics there's a Korean garden and of course there's some very sort of English looking ones oh I should mention uh, Mediterranean style garden down uh, Garden Club London have created with a beautiful outdoor seating space so quite a lot of variety I my sense is that uh, Chelsea's sort of back on form again for the first time after the lockdown what do you think absolutely agree it's as if Chelsea is back with a big bang and yeah there is a lot of variety but there also is a big theme that you and I discussed earlier quite a lot of weeds admired weeds put there for a reason so the center point guard by Cleve West opposite the Alatex stand has won gold it is beautiful and the message is brilliant for Centrepoint. I think that's very good. Um, 
Yes, and the um, best in show, we've just heard that Horatio's Golden's won best in show, and that also sends a huge, strong message to everyone. I think it's very good, again, that the RHS and the judges have appreciated that. There are some monumental trees this year as well, aren't there, among the shows, Dan? Some quite, well, I don't know what's quite forested-feeling gardens, which, which is nice. Do, you, do those appeal to you? Do you know, I sort of almost take them for granted because I feel as if they've always been there and they're part of the area, but of course they're not. They've been shipped in. I've seen them going past on huge great cranes. Yes, I mean, they don't tick my box like some of the other things, but it's a purely personal feeling, isn't it? A point of view, actually. Um, yeah, I think what's what I love about some of the some of the gardens with the big trees is just how much atmosphere and permanent the sense of permanence that sort of creates instantly for those gardens. I think the the difficulty I think for you and I as visitors to the show is that they're less easy to read, aren't they, from from the outside? So you really have to go in them to immerse yourself in them because from the outside there's quite a wall of foliage. I can't remember which one it is, but there's one with some amazing um, species of horse chestnut around the outside, which are all flowering and full of bees. But it's, I think it might be Chris Beershaw's garden, actually, but not, not so easy to appreciate from the outside. And um, anything in the pavilion that you've spotted that you're particularly interested in? So in the pavilion, um, the, or the mushroom stand, I thought was interesting because it's unusual. I don't think mushrooms have hit Chelsea before thought that was interesting. I love the Pollyanna Wilkinson garden, which is also really lovely. It's got a shepherd's hutch. It's got the most beautiful willow weaving going all the way around. That, that stood out. And then, actually, just the banks with beautiful flowers. The delphiniums, obviously, are such a big hit because they make such an impact, don't they? And also the what the plant, the one best best plant of the year. So Agapanthus, I think I saw. It's absolutely beautiful. So, yeah, you need to go and look at that, Dan. Yes, I haven't done as much of the pavilion yet as I was hoping to do today, but I'm back again tomorrow, so I shall fill in all the gaps tomorrow. But it is remarkable how um, there was lots of talk about it being a very cold spring and people struggling, but you know, if the nurserymen have struggled, then you can't tell in the uh, pavilion because everything is in tip-top condition. There are, there's everything from daffodils to tulips all the way through to your sort of summer flowers, salvias and things like that popping up everywhere. So, it, and the pavilion is much fuller as well, isn't it, this year? It is, actually. And I've noticed that there's a few more show gardens in there. Um, well, when I say show garden, but gardens that actually have been designed by a garden designer and you are allowed to kind of wander really much up close, speak to Dave, more up close and personal than you would normally. Yes, it is It is busier, but actually the floor marquee was less busy people-wise than the show gardens. The show gardens have been the main attraction I felt today, have you? Yes, it's it's definitely been very, very patchy today in terms of there's been really, really massively busy spots and then some quite quiet ones. So um, I'm afraid our advice that we gave in our last podcast <laughs> about coming early is uh, completely out of the window because uh, I got here at half past seven and there was a huge queue already and by five past eight, it was hard to move. So I'm afraid getting here early is no longer um, as good advice as it used to be. But I do have one correction to make on our um, Chelsea top tips is I did find somewhere to charge my phone because I forgot to bring a battery pack. 
and you can go to visitor information if you're here and you haven't charged your phone and you can hire a little battery pack for three pounds an hour which i thought was okay considering um, i haven't bought one with me and i managed to charge my phone up and get along my merry way taking more and more snaps so there's a little hint for you um but yes, by and large, I think we were right. And I have seen some of the dreaded um, bits floating down off the plane trees and there have been plenty of people sneezing. Yes. So uh, definitely sneezing and coughing. So Benadryl, Claritin and just watch out for the little beige parachutes coming down off the plane trees because they are going to give you a tickly cough. We're, we're covered in them in a way, aren't we? They're coming down as we speak. <laughs> they are. I was thinking, obviously, our listeners have um, taken our advice of coming early. <laughs> we could be careful what we preach. <laughs> they have indeed. So, before we round off then, so your marks out of 10 for this year's Chelsea Flower Show? I think I'd give it a 9, actually, yeah. Yeah, I think I'd be inclined to give it a 9 as well. I think... There's, it, it does feel like it's really back on form. There is always room for improvement, isn't there? We, we're both hard taskmasters, yeah. aren't we? Not easy to please, but uh, no, we're giving it a big thumbs up from Two Good Gardeners. And uh, any final thoughts before we say goodbye? Um, oh, gosh, Dan, I've got so many. My head is spinning. So just if you haven't got a ticket yet, I think there might still be some on Saturday. Please do come. It is the most spectacular flower show in the world. I mean, there's so many voices and languages and I've heard this my people who've come all over to see the show. And I think that you'd be hard pressed to be if you didn't find any inspiration in it. It's a wonderful place to be. It is, and we've been chatting to people from all over the world today, haven't we? Lots of people travelled from America, Australia, Europe to come to this show. It does feel like it's all opened back up again and we've got the usual crowd and, and everyone's very friendly and hospitable too, aren't they? Yeah, they are. So that's it. Julia, thank you so much for uh, talking to us and, and when you've been really run ragged this last week here at the Chelsea Fair Show. The stand looks incredible. It's a credit to Alatex and we're so pleased for them that they've won that award. We will be back very soon with episode seven but for episode six we'd like to say thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of Chelsea week. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Happy gardening. <laughs>